Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocked big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book The Stranger. This novel describes an accidental occurrence. How a nobody, living a mundane and monotonous life, becomes involved in a murder leading eventually to his execution. The existentialist philosopher Albert Camus wrote The Stranger when he was 26 years old. When it was published, the novel was soon a huge success. It laid the foundation for Camus' renowned writing career. Within a few years of its publication, The Stranger had received widespread acclaim in the literary world. Reviewing the novel, critic Marcel Arlend concludes, we recognize, in The Stranger, a genuine writer. Another critic, Henri Hell, wrote, with The Stranger, Camus ranks at the apex of the contemporary novel. In his book Writing Degree Zero, Roland Barthes credits The Stranger as creating a revolutionary transparent form of speech that would change our understanding of literature and even of reality. The story describes Massault's wrongful conviction. However, unlike in a typical miscarriage of justice, this protagonist is not completely innocent, nor has he been framed. In fact, he expresses his guilt and openly admits to the murder. Nonetheless, others at the scene of the crime are well aware of the fact that he committed this offense in a state of confusion. As this case unfolds, the judicial process becomes increasingly complex, and the trial lasts almost a year. Ultimately, in Massault's case, the verdict passed is that there is nothing human about him, and his crime was premeditated. If you find this outcome absurd, or perhaps consider it strange that such a ridiculous verdict could be reached under the supposedly advanced legal systems of modern times, this would be just what Camus intended. Why didn't Massault actively fight against it? Let us take a closer look at this story. In this bookie, we will introduce Camus' book in three parts. Part 1 makes a simple summary of the story and explains how Massault becomes embroiled in a court case. In Part 2, we will analyze the character of Massault and explain why he is a stranger and what leads to his final execution. Lastly, Part 3 examines the novel's message from a creative standpoint and examines Camus' protagonist from his personal perspective. Part 1, The Death of a Nobody The story is set in Algiers. It begins with the death of Massault's mother. One day, Massault, an ordinary worker, receives a telegram. It is from a nursing home, informing him that his mother has passed away. He takes two days off work and travels over 50 miles across the countryside to the nursing home. When he arrives at the home, a doorkeeper asks him to wait for the warden. He waits, and after a while, he is ushered into the warden's office. The warden expresses condolences and tells him that they have prepared a religious burial in accordance with his mother's wishes. Massault is perplexed, his mother was not a religious woman. However, he accepts the situation and thanks the warden for making the arrangements. Massault then visits the mortuary. A warden offers to open the coffin so that he can have a last look at his beloved mother. He rejects the offer and instead spends his time chatting with the warden, drinking coffee and smoking a cigarette. As night falls, following the custom of the place, with his mother's friends from the nursing home, he keeps vigil beside the body. His mother's friends give an impression of being distraught, grief-stricken over her death. Throughout the vigil, one woman sobs inconsolably. Her constant weeping makes Massault uncomfortable, 
and he wishes that she would cease, but he does not dare to ask her to stop. Finally, the woman falls silent. Then Masalt starts to feel tired, and his body aches. Now, the silence starts to get on his nerves. Quietly, he watches his mother's friends. They huddle together for the whole night, mostly in silence, but occasionally emitting strange noises. When dawn comes, the vigil ends. Everyone comes to shake his hand and say their farewells as if they had known him for a long time. On the morning of the funeral, the weather is fine with the sky mottled red and a pleasant salty tang in the breeze. Masal thinks to himself that if it wasn't for his mother, he could go out for a walk and enjoy nature. Instead, he has to wait in the yard to join the grim funeral procession. As the sun rises higher and warms his feet, the wait for the funeral is finally over. Masalt goes to the warden's office to sign documents. Once again, the warden asks if he wants to see his mother a last time before they seal the coffin, and once again he declines. After completing the paperwork, the warden accompanies Masalt at the funeral. His mother's close friend, Thomas Perez, is also in attendance. Other residents at the nursing home joked that Madame Masalt was Perez's fiancée. By the time the hearse with its cortege arrives at the church, the sun is already high in the sky. Masalt is impatient. He does not understand why everything is taking so long. Throughout the procession, the heat bothers him. So much so that he cannot think of anything else or communicate with anyone. By contrast, Perez weeps throughout the whole procession and finally collapses in a faint. After the funeral, exhausted, Masalt returns home and takes a long rest. The next day is Saturday. He decides to go swimming. At the pool, he runs into Marie Cardona, a former co-worker. They used to have a thing for each other, but Marie left her job prematurely, and nothing came of it. In the evening, after their swim together, they go to a movie and end up spending the night at Masalt's place. After a few further dates, their romantic is getting serious. Masalt's neighbor is Raymond Sintz. Although he claims to be a warehouse worker, rumor has it that he's a pimp. Generally, Raymond's reputation is not good. He often drops by to chat with Masalt, who doesn't mind lending him an ear. Masalt finds Raymond an interesting chap and sees no reason to shun him. One day, Raymond tells Masalt about an altercation leading to a fight. The cause of the quarrel went back to Raymond's previous mistress. He generally treated her reasonably fair, but ultimately when she betrayed him, he beat her. When her brother found out how Raymond treated his sister, he challenged Raymond. Raymond still felt angry that his mistress was disloyal and believed he was justified in teaching her a lesson. He planned various schemes to lure her back. Eventually, he decides to write a letter. The message aims to trick her into coming back to him, and once he had deceived her and got her back, he would intimidate her and kick her out. Worried that he wasn't capable of writing a convincing letter, Raymond asks Masalt to write it for him. Masalt readily agrees to help. Raymond is delighted with Masalt's letter. And his plan works as expected. When his mistress returns, she is angry and slaps Raymond, and he gives her another violent beating. The incident brings about a visit from the police. Raymond then asks Masalt to act as his witness, and he is let off with a light warning. The incident strengthens Masalt and Raymond's friendship. One weekend, Raymond and his friend Masson invite Masalt and Marie to the beach. 
they all have a great time together. Although Masalt has always felt indifferent about marriage, when he sees the affection between Masan and his wife, for the first time in his life, he considers marrying Marie. However, it is not long before the fun of the weekend trip is interrupted by two unwelcome guests. It transpires that Raymond's mistress brother has arrived with a friend to avenge his sister. On the beach, Raymond, Masan, and the two visitors fight. Eventually, after Raymond has sustained several knife wounds, they take a break from the fight. Despite his injuries, Raymond is livid. He goes out to get some air, and Masalt accompanies him. Raging, Raymond is intent on returning to the fight scene, and, sure enough, when they get there, they run into the two men again. Raymond asks Masalt if he should take his revolver and shoot the two men. Masalt, fearing sending Raymond into another fury of rage, is afraid to say no. Instead, he says there is no need to shoot at them, unless the assailants attack with knives or gang up on Raymond. As a precaution, Masalt asks for Raymond's gun for safekeeping. He promises that he will shoot on Raymond's behalf if the men provoke them. In the end, the two visitors skulk away, and Raymond is able to return to their bungalow satisfied and in a good mood. However, the evening temperature is hot, and Masalt doesn't feel like turning in. His mind is still buzzing. Previously, he told Marie and Masan's wife about the fight, and the two women broke down in tears. The sun's constant glare and the memory of their faces streaked with tears make him reluctant to retire to bed. Instead, he decides to take a walk. As he strolls along the beach, the sunlight inflames his temples. The heat all around scorches his body, draining his energy. All of a sudden, he notices a mound of black rock, and he approaches it looking for some shade. However, Raymond's enemy was there, enjoying the shade of the rock before him. As soon as he sees Masalt, he immediately reaches for the knife in his pocket. Masalt responds by gripping the revolver in the pocket of his jacket. The two men face one another, nearly ten yards apart. If Masalt backs down, then nothing will happen. But the whole beach is pulsing with heat. The sun presses against his back, pushing him forwards. His veins bursting through his skin, beads of sweat form on his forehead. This makes him feel deeply uncomfortable, just as he felt at his mother's funeral. Under the scorching sun, he takes another step towards the rock, even though its shade wouldn't protect him. He doesn't know why he is compelled to go forward. Sure enough, his opponent draws his knife, brandishing it at Masalt. The blade, glistening in the sunlight, transfixes his forehead, blinds his eyes, and sears his eyelashes. Sweat pouring from his forehead is like a veil, blurring his sight. A fiery gust of wind erupts from the sea, and he feels the sky start to spin. Masalt's body stiffens. His hand clutches tightly on the revolver. Suddenly, he squeezes the trigger, and, following the deafening roar of gunfire, Raymond's enemy collapses to the ground. Masalt pumps four more shots into the man's lifeless body. Masalt is arrested and questioned over and over again. However, on every occasion, the interrogator only asks for his personal details. No one seems to be interested in the crime itself. Several days later, he is brought before the examining magistrate, who likewise asks his identity and whether he wants a lawyer. Masalt doesn't think he needs one since, in his view, the case is very straightforward. The magistrate informs him that the court will appoint a lawyer for him, 
and Massault remarks on the excellent arrangement that the authorities should see to details of this kind. The lawyer appears the next day. According to the police's investigation, Massault showed great callousness at his mother's funeral. The lawyer believes that this fact will weigh heavily against him in the case. Trying to build the case in his defense, the lawyer asks him if he felt grief during the funeral. Massault tells him that he was very tired that day and hardly registered what was happening. He also adds that all normal people have more or less desired the death of those they loved at some time or another and that he was fond of his mother and didn't want her to die. The lawyer is displeased with his response, noting that it is not enough. Soon, Massault is brought before the court again. The magistrate asks Massault bluntly if he loved his mother, and Massault replies that he did. The magistrate then asks why he continued to fire after the first shot. Massault doesn't have an answer. The magistrate becomes very emotional. He takes out a crucifix and gives a speech about God, hoping that Massault would repent his crime. Massault remains unemotional. All he feels is the stifling heat in the room. He cannot grasp the significance of the magistrate's questions. To him, the number of shots fired seems to be an insignificant detail. The magistrate is exasperated and quickly loses interest in Massault's case. Because he always believed that his case was simple, on the day of his trial, Massault is not particularly worried. His lawyer tells him that his case isn't the most important one of the cases being heard, and the trial will be over quickly. Massault's objective interest in the court proceedings is as if observing someone else's fate. To his eyes, the members of the jury resemble a row of passengers watching him from the opposite seats in a streetcar. During his hearing, after asking for Massault's basic personal information and briefly summarizing the case at hand, everyone's attention turns to his mother. The warden, the doorkeeper, Perez, Marie, and Raymond all take the stand as witnesses. Their testimonies reveal that Madame Massault complained about being put in a home. Furthermore, after she died, Massault didn't want to view her body and instead spent his time at the mortuary drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. Throughout the funeral, Massault seemed totally calm. This information agitates everyone in the courtroom. They become enraged. When they learned that the very next day, he went swimming, watched a comedy, and even had carnal relations with a woman, they are even more furious. The knowledge cements everyone's impression of Massault, and they no longer view him as in any way a decent person. Although Raymond's testimony is impartial, due to his poor reputation, it is met with suspicion. It counts even more against Massault, the friend of a pimp. He is now seen as a man who indulged in the most shameful orgies on the day following his mother's death and killed a man cold-bloodedly, in pursuance of some sordid vendetta in the underworld of prostitutes and pimps. Afterwards, the prosecutor and the defense lawyer argue their cases. The prosecutor aims to prove that Massault's crime was premeditated. He believes that Massault and Raymond conspired to trick Raymond's mistress into coming back to him with the intention of abusing her. Later, Massault deliberately provoked Raymond's rival on the beach. After Raymond was injured, he took his gun so that he could return to the beach and use it to kill the rival. Massault fired five shots to make sure he was dead. Throughout the trial, Massault did not express his remorse, demonstrating that he lacked all humanity. People like him deserve to be punished. Massault's defense lawyer argued that the victim was the first to provoke the fight. 
Masalt was a steady, conscientious worker who did his best by his employer and a dutiful son, who had supported his mother as long as he was able. The lawyer claimed the crime was a momentary lapse of judgment by a decent, hard-working young man and should not lead to the death penalty. Masalt is dying to join in the debate. He thinks to himself, damn it all, who's on trial in this court, I'd like to know. It's a serious matter for a man, being accused of murder. And I have something really important to tell you. But his lawyer believes he should stay silent. At last, when Masalt finally gets the chance to speak, he has become so frantic that his words trip him up. When he explains that his motive for the murder was because of the son, people tittered. He soon falls silent, not trying to speak anymore in his own defense. Eventually, Massault's execution takes place in a public place in the name of the French people. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.